0: episode four of season two of the Peaked Too Early podcast uh, due to Oscar Saywell, my co-host, going through some exciting new life adventures, which I'm very happy about. Uh, he unfortunately cannot make it this week, which means this episode is the return of the solo podcast from last season, this time with the fourth best host of this podcast behind oscar thomas and dash uh, but still in front of craig the robot Uh, i am your host blake munchell and it is truly an honor uh, to have this soapbox with no oscar which means i can have all my hot takes i can uh, curse without oscar uh, asking me to tune down my vulgarity, and to rant as much as I would like about how awful and dire Newcastle United Football Club truly is. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Uh, I would like to start with uh, our bets from last week. Uh, It was another not great showing from myself. Um, and Oscar gained yet another point ahead of me. He correctly predicted uh, Manchester beating Newcastle uh, and Everton beating Burnley, whereas I only correctly guessed Brighton over Brentford, uh, which means Oscar has extended his lead from 1 to 2, which is very unfortunate for me. But as a silver lining, and because Oscar decided not to show up for this week's podcast, I decided it would only be fair that I get to make a prediction when he doesn't. However, making three predictions would be too unfair. So I decided I will only make one prediction, and it will be about Newcastle, and I will predict that... Newcastle will lose to Leeds, one goal to three. That's one for Newcastle, three for Leeds. Uh, Both sides, it's the two worst defenses in the Premier League, um, but Leeds can actually attack, and most of Newcastle's uh, front line is currently injured. It's going to be another Alan Saint-Maximin versus everybody um, competition. Uh, so that's not great. Um, getting into uh, match recaps, it's truly a shame that Oscar isn't here because we had some ridiculous matches uh, that I would have really loved to talk to him about. Uh, I'm not even sure if he had time to watch some of these matches. Um, but starting the weekend off with Crystal Palace 3, Spurs 0, the first loss uh, for this new Tottenham side. Uh, very cathartic, uh, very nice to watch, very pleasing. Um, I enjoy watching Palace. They're one of the like four clubs I have a slight soft spot for in the Premier League, um, and uh, I thought this match started out uh, Connor Gallagher flying all over the pitch. Um, I was very impressed by him, and very unimpressed with Emerson, the new Tottenham signing from Barcelona. Um, I thought he was really, really poor. Um, And in general, Spurs were quite poor in the first half. I don't believe they had a shot in the first half. I believe both their shots came in the second, including their only shot on target. Um, the, The most... The biggest talking points of this match, uh, first will be the Yafit uh, Tanganga red card. Um, it was a, like, uh, retaliation challenge where he felt that Conor Gallagher fouled Mora, which I believe not to be true, and Oscar isn't here so he can't contest me, but I felt that Mora actually, uh fouled Connor Gallagher, and then Tengenga, uh goes in on Zaha um, and gets a yellow. Um, it, you know, it's a, a rough yellow. Uh, and then just a few minutes later, uh, he goes in on somebody else, and, you know, it was a clear yellow. Um, I want to say it was in the space of three minutes. Um, and just, he's a young kid. But uh, that doesn't excuse the fact that, you know, he had an absolutely torrid time this match. Um, not too long after, about 15 minutes later, um, Ben Davies, one of the worst defenders in the Premier League, uh, handballs it. They, clear, like, I, they try to, like, because the handball rule is so strange, they try to, like, ramp up the controversy of every single handball this season including this one where they try to claim like the uh the commentators on nbc are talking about how this shouldn't be a penalty and how they don't know what a handball is these days i think this is like a clear historical definition of a handball uh, by a pretty shit player um it's converted by zaha I thought it was really nice to see Wilfred Zaha um, sort of celebrate with the supporters. Um, he was, he had a huge smile and he was blowing kisses and it's nice that like, he's obviously not, he obviously has bigger ambitions than palace, but he's sort of by 50% his own fault and 50% the fault of others gotten stuck, um, at palace, but he still seems to be performing for the fans. Um, I think that's really nice to see uh, and then the second talking point is uh, in the 83rd minute they sub on Odson Edouard the new signing from Palace uh, or sorry from uh, Celtic he uh, cost 25 million pounds uh, and he scored in under 60 seconds of coming on um, and also was absolutely beaming and I think Crystal Palace have some of the best supporters in the Premier League. Um, Selhurst Park is, like, a super intimate ground. Um, so I think it – the the noise and the proximity really creates this nice sort of uh, when things are going well atmosphere. Um, and uh, not to, uh, you know, end his debut on just one goal um, – odson Edward uh, scores a second for Patrick Vieira's side. Um, neither goal were super impressive. They were kind of great positioning, not physically excellent or anything, but I think it's, uh, first, a well-deserved three-nil win for Palace, and two, um, quite, a, a good sign for Vieira's side. I think things, Oscar was very down on Palace, um, but I think they have shown quite a bit this season and uh, could potentially, you know, finish 10th, 11th, 12th um, quite comfortably. Um, Moving on, uh, Watford Wolves. It was the debut for Huang Hee Chan, uh, who I really enjoy. Um, However not much really happened in this game until the seventy fifth minute when Serialta, um the defender, the central defender, uh scored a very unfortunate own goal. Um and that's sort of a defining characteristic of a side that is potentially gonna get relegated. Um you have some good players, you spent your budget on, you know, players that will get you goals, but, you know, your squad players or your players who are forced to play first team minutes um, aren't quite Premier League quality, and they get put in these bad positions. Um, uh, however, to end the game, um, Wolves' new forward, um, who grew up four houses or four like apartment buildings down from Youngmin Son in South Korea, um, poked in a goal line scramble. Um, he, you know, was absolutely ecstatic. It was really nice to see uh, you know, a young player score on debut. It's always pretty fun. Um, moving on uh, to Brentford Brighton, uh, where Brighton stole a 1-0 win right at the very end. Um, I would like to start talking that these Brighton kits are quite poor. Um, I really did not enjoy them. Uh, but on a positive note, it was the debut for my early signing of the season, uh, Cucurea, uh who I, both Oscar and I think will be a phenomenal signing. Um, the first thing of note I have is the Brentford supporters booing Adam Webster after he tore his hamstring. Um, that, you know, was never a good thing to see, um, but I, I think it's kind of a a modern Premier League staple is if a a away player goes down injured, the home fans will boo him. Um, So that's not great to see. But overall, Brentford had a better first half um, of an overall quite poor match from both sides. Um, But it would end with uh, Troussard, you know, weaving his way out and kind of leaning back and placing the shot and curling it in um, kind of around two or three defenders and, uh, the goalkeeper is slightly unsighted, unsighted, um, so a good win for Brighton, uh, not a great showing, but the, you know, the points on the board are better than great performances. So, um, what feels like a perennial relegation candidate, um, yeah, some, some may say sixth place this early on in the season, it's, it's pretty good momentum that you might not be relegation candidates uh, going on. However, that being said, last season Southampton did the same thing, um, up high around November and eventually would end up near the relegation spots. Um, moving on uh, to Arsenal-Norwich, one of my incorrect predictions, I predicted a draw. Uh, the uh, the relegation six pointer uh, between these two sides uh, was pretty poor. Uh, I from my notes, I only have really three half chances from Arsenal in the first half, one half chance by Norwich in the second, um, and then in the or sorry in the first half and then. In the second half, uh, it took a really lucky and shitty goal uh, for Arsenal to score. Um, I th- this was reviewed and it stood. I wasn't sure the replay angle wasn't great to me. He looks offsides, um, Aubameyang. That is, um, and there was talk of a deflection, but I I didn't really see a deflection. I'm not sure, but you know, whatever. It is three points on the board for Arsenal. Um, It is not a great showing, and I don't think Arsenal will take any confidence from this game, but, you know, three points are three points, and uh, it's, you know, fun for me to watch an Arsenal side barely uh, scrape past a Norwich City side. From things I love to see to things I hate to see, uh, Manchester United for Newcastle United for in the United Derby. Um, I could have very easily predicted how this match would have ended. Um, and I should have, I don't know why I didn't on the last podcast. I should have called my shot. Um, Newcastle played the same way every week. You put, 10 men and the goalkeeper behind the ball, you play counterattacking football, you exhaust your players, and if it's, you know, draw, a draw in the 75th minute, or you have a 1-0 lead, or you're down 1-0, all of a sudden the bodies will start giving up, and then you capitulate and leak a few right at the end, Uh, which is exactly what happened. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, the utter human, utter human waste uh, had an awful first half, uh, and it looked like they'd go in uh, with a scoreless draw at halftime. But he poked in a, a tap-in uh, right on the halftime mark, uh, which just sucked. Um, then, uh, <clears throat> then, you know. N- Newcastle didn't really do much until uh, a Almirón amazing counter um, gets it to Allen. Who there are only two real players on the pitch, um, and Maxi slides it through to Manquillo, who scores from a really narrow angle um, to equalize. And you know that's on the 56th minute. Um, so they didn't even make it to the 75th before they collapsed, because. Cristiano Ronaldo, again, uh, scored a pretty poor goal. Um, uh, And just, you know, they take the lead. They don't close down Bruno Fernandes. And he just, you know, places it into the goal from outside the box. Uh, And then Paul Pogba had a really nice assist for Jesse Lingard, uh, who would score, but yesterday, Tuesday night, September 14th, Uh, would score one of the greatest own assists of all time. Um, Just love to see it. I hate Jesse Lingard, uh, and I hate Manchester United, so I love seeing them lose to young boys midweek. That being said, uh, this match sucked to watch. I watched it with my partner. Uh, I was so sad. Uh, Just no love for this Newcastle side at the moment. Um, the only positives are there were some really good anti-Bruce chants, um, and even though this was in a way match for Newcastle, the Newcastle fans were very clearly, uh, you know, out speaking and out singing the Manchester United fans. Um, it was it was like it was a pretty poor home game for Newcastle with the atmosphere. Um, the uh, my only reasoning why that might be, other than Manchester United fans being shit, is uh, the resale for these tickets was so high that potentially the only people able to watch this match in person were you know, season ticket holders and also super wealthy people who were able to buy secondhand tickets. Um, but it sucked. It, I've said this four podcasts in a row now, but it really sucks to be a Newcastle fan right now. Uh, the most recent news, I guess there's two big ones for Newcastle. Is one, uh, several of our academy players are being investigated after a brawl, a brawl in a bar. Um, so that's just typical of Newcastle. And second is there was a post on the Newcastle subreddit this morning about how. Asking if we would be happy if we sacked Bruce and appointed Sam Allardyce, which, you know, would is just the most depressing statement one could make about a football club. Um, but if you want to know my opinion, uh, yes, I would love to have Big Sam in at Newcastle over uh, Cabbage Head Bruce, uh, who just. Sucks so much and drains the life from me after every single press conference he holds. Um, it's just such a wanker. Um, moving on uh, to someone who's you know more optimistic about their club. Um, I actually am gonna pull Oscar in to talk about this match. Um, but first I'll recap it. Um, uh, I'll start this match with the. Top that David Moyes was wearing is one of the worst shirts I've seen. It was like a training top, but it was just hideous. No manager should do that. Managers should have more respect for themselves. Um, I thought it was worse than Chelsea's kit, which I detest. Worse than Man U's blue kit, which also is terrible. Um, so step it up, David Moyes, please. Um... This match, uh, I sort of thought West Ham, uh, performed better. Um, Paolo Fernales had a great pass to Benrama. Um, Suchek had a header, um, from a corner that Ogbana sort of cleared accidentally. Um, there was a fast break, um, of Broja, the Chelsea low knee, um, versus Craig Dawson, and Craig Dawson has had an awful last two weeks, and Brosha hit the post um, after a great solo run. Um, and that's pretty much all that happened in the match until the uh, 95th minute, which is a ridiculous time to get sent off. But uh, Michael Antonio uh, lost the ball. It was poked out from underneath of him, and he tried to go get the ball back um this is another one NBC, you know they do this thing where they're like oh you know you never know what it's what a foul is nowadays and var is ruining the game but i thought this was a clear second yellow um you you know it he barely makes any contact but i think intent is what matters in this situation and his studs are so high um I think it's a clear second yellow, And I don't think there's any controversy in that, and I don't think Oscar will disagree with me. That being said, Oscar, what are your opinions on this match? Thank you, Blake. Uh, Look, no West Ham fan can complain about the job Moyes is doing. Eighth in the Premier League is a great start. Obviously, there is some slight concern With the two last results, but with the fluidity and mentality change that Moyes has brought in, uh, I expect they will recover. Declan Rice is the best midfielder in the Premier League, and we can't make top six again this season if he stays fit. (laughs) Antonio being suspended will... I can't do any more of that. I cannot do a British accent. Uh, I The rest of my script says, uh, you know, uh, Moyes will probably play Ben Rama in a false nine. That's the classiness of a top five manager like David Moyes. Um, I also have some classic Oscar quotes like, fuck off for nows you lazy cunt. And uh, come on, you irons. That was a little Irish. I'm sorry, Oscar. I hope you don't have to listen to this. Uh, moving on to Leicester Man City, uh, you know, kind of a, we, we've seen this performance quite a few times from Man City, um, where, uh, you know, Man City dominate very early on, uh, Leicester were defending like madmen, um, and then on the break were very, uh, you know, potent, the uh, there was, you know, five or six blocked shots by Lester in the first seven minutes, and then Lester would go up the other side, and um, Aderson and Harvey Barnes would collapse or would collide into each other, and then right before halftime, uh, Jamie Vardy would tuck it in, but he would be called off sides, and uh, after you know six or so great chances, Man City finally scored. In the 62nd minute, off kind of a scuffy shot from Bernardo Silva, um, I thought it was uh, a very close match, which obviously a 1-0 uh, indicates, but uh, really for Man City, Darison kept them in this. I thought he had some excellent saves, um, and overall it was a pretty entertaining match to watch. Slightly less entertaining was Chelsea's romping of Villa. Um, It was potentially a pass of the season, an assist of the season, which that's like the third time I've said that this season. Uh, From Kovacic to play Lukaku in behind, and he, uh, you know, drops the shoulder, fakes the shot, and tucks it away Um, in his celebration, uh, lays on his back, and, you know, Prize, which was really great to see. Uh, as much as I hate Chelsea, I like Lukaku a lot, um, and scoring for his the club he grew up supporting, uh, you know, must be nice. Uh, it was then followed up uh, right after halftime by a awful pass by Tyrone Mings, who I thought would be one of the best players in the Premier League this season, but he sort of had two poor matches now. Um, but he would try to play it back. Um, but left it short, a la Jesse Lingard, um, and Kovacic would dink Emmy Martinez, um, which is very fitting because on the last podcast I'm pretty sure I uh, slated Kovacic, so once again foot in my mouth. Um, Luck Lukaku would smash in another one late, um, and you know it was a very easy three 0 win for Chelsea. Um, which I think Villa will, you know, kind of be happy with. I think they're a side right now where they're gonna be happy with that sort of result. Um moving on, uh Liverpool's three nil thrashing of Leeds, um uh it would start with Mo Salah on the twentieth minute scoring his one hundredth goal for Liverpool. Um which is a tremendous achievement, um, you know. A hundred goals. There's only a handful of players who've ever scored a hundred in the Premier League, so that's great to see. Um, Fabinho would score a second after halftime, um, but uh, you know the main talking point of this match is not the the dominant win by Liverpool, but the incident in the sixtieth minute uh, where uh, uh, Pascal Stroik, the Dutch, uh, central defender would, uh, scissor chop down Harvey Elliott, um, dislocating and breaking his ankle. Um, it was very clearly a straight red. Um, uh, I think it should be, you know, a three to five match suspension. Um, But, uh, interestingly, uh, Harvey Elliott has, you know, said that, you know, obviously he doesn't blame Stroik and that it's a freak accident and blah, 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 and it shouldn't be a suspension or anything, um, which I think, you know, Harvey Elliott's allowed to think what he wants, but I think that's a pretty filthy challenge, um, and every single time should be, you know, a five-match suspension, um, you, I don't understand how you can go into a challenge with a scissor chop and, you know, not expect to break a player's ankles. That's kind of exactly what happens. Um, so, you know, Leeds appealed it. I think it's kind of a bad look. I, it, you would appeal any red card, but I still think it's a bad look to appeal this. I think it's kind of yucky. Um. And of course, Leeds supporters, uh, would boo Harvey Elliott, um, chanting, uh, you're always the victim, um, which, you know, people have rightly said that, uh, newer fans to the Premier League are understanding why everyone hates Leeds fans. Um, but, uh, overall, uh, you know, awful for Harvey Elliott, it'll be a season-ending injury for an 18-year-old, um which is you know, awful to see, um, but all the best to him. Hopefully he comes back stronger um, and overall a very dominant Liverpool win. Um, and uh, yeah, Leeds sit in 17th place right above the relegation zone. I have not been very impressed with them this season. Uh, that being said, they play Newcastle this Friday, so that won't be very fun. Uh, The final match I need to talk about is Everton-Burnley and Rafa Benitez's Everton-Toffees, joint top of the Premier League. Uh, People, you know, slating Newcastle fans, saying uh, Rafa Benitez to Steve Bruce is a step sideways and we shouldn't be upset eating their words. They won't, but eating their words. Um, Rafa not doing a pretty job with Everton, but doing a very effective job with Everton. Um, They would not necessarily leave it late, but uh, it did take Ben Me scoring in the 53rd for uh, Everton to score three and six minutes from Michael Keane, who I have constantly slated this season once again. Um, Andros Townsend, uh, ex-Newcastle, and uh, Damari Gray, who Oscar has slated this season. I just got to remind him so I look a little bit better by proxy. Um, And Everton would eventually win comfortable 3-1 winners. Um, Just, you know, it does wonders having a world-class manager. Um, And hopefully Everton hold on to him, unlike their last world-class manager that they had. So this brings us to a strange point because, uh, you know, we're not going to do predictions because I already did mine, and we're not going to ask any questions because there's no one to answer them on my end. But I was trying to find something that I could do... uh, that would slightly involve Oscar, but did not require him physically being here. Um, and I am reminded of the time I called Lose United, or Lose Football Club, Lewis Football Club, and he slightly mocked me for three seconds. Uh, so I have found the fifteen most difficult to pronounce UK place names, and I will. List them all, and then Oscar can listen to this podcast and have at least 15 segments of content to make fun of me for. So let me take a drink of beer and then I will start. Okay, first up in London, we have Marleybone. Then in Devon, we have Tynemouth. Or probably Tynemouth in Oxfordshire, or I guess they say Oxfordshire. Uh, they have Beister. in Norfolk. They have Hunstanton in Cheshire, or Cheshire. They have Chalmondley. though that's wrong. I can feel it. Probably don't say the D. In Cambridgeshire, they have Manchester Godminster? Godminster. Ooh, that sounds right. In Nottinghamshire, they have subtle, subtle, subtle. Probably subtle. The fewer letters you say in the word, the more likely it is to be correct. Um, in Oxford, they have uh Maglin College in uh Herefordshire which is different from Hertfordshire Her- Herefordshire they have Leminster. that feels wrong too too many letters Lem Leminster. Leminster. uh in Shropshire Oh, I know this one. They have Shrewsbury. Or, sorry, Shrewsbury. You don't say Bury. Uh, in Norfolk, they have Hapsborough. In Gloucestershire, they have Gloucester. That's easy. Why would they even put that on this list? In Granham, Leicestershire, they have... It looks like Belvoir, like French, but it's probably Bever. Bever Castle. Uh, in the greater London area, they have uh, Rishlip, Rislip. Ris- Roo. Roo. Rislip. Less letters, the better. And then in Liverpool, they have Gaddisher. Gaddisher. So, Oscar, if you're listening, I hope you enjoy my 15 poorly pronounced place names. Uh, I would love it if you even know five of these and can make fun of me. That being said, this has been episode four of the Peaked Too Early podcast. I am your solo host, Blake Munchell. Please leave a review. Email the pod at peaked the number two early pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, peaked number two pod. Um, and uh, have a great day. Hopefully, next time I will be accompanied by my lovely six foot five, fully able to pronounce English place names co host, Oscar Saywell. Take care. I'm standing.